I'm Stacy. I'm Jenny. And this is Learning for Life, a homeschool podcast. We are two homeschoolers who use different methods, curriculum, and strategies to make it all work. Our goal is to help parents teach kids how to develop a lifelong love of learning. Welcome back, everyone, to Learning for Life. We are excited that you have returned to listen to us speak. And yeah, we have a great new topic for the day. Stacy, you want to lead us in? Today, we're going to be focusing on personalized learning public charter schools in California, which some of you may know as homeschool charters. We have a special guest with us today to give us more insight into this charter world. So if you live in California and are interested in applying to one of these personalized learning public charters, then you're not going to want to miss this. Our guest today is Shauna Anderson, and she has been in the charter homeschool realm for the past 16 years and is a mother to six children. She works at a personalized learning public charter school in Northern California and is also a co-founder of Useful.com. Welcome to the podcast, Shauna. We're so glad you're here. Uh, would you mind just telling our listeners a little bit about yourself? Yeah, thanks, Jenny. Thanks, Stacy, for having me. Um, I am a mom of six, and we live in the Sacramento area. I've been working in the homeschool realm for about 16 years and just totally love it. I've been working as a parent, working through a uh, a school and starting a little company on the side. So kind of, it's my world. That's awesome. So yeah, today we are talking specifically about the difference between charter schools and then homeschooling independently. So we're going to start on the topic of charter schools. So what can you tell us about homeschool charters? Yes, it's pretty amazing. We are in California and we have this incredible option of using charter schools uh, to basically educate our kids at home. We call them personalized learning public charter schools. They are based uh, in a district. A district will sponsor a charter school. And we have the same accountability. Actually, we have more accountability than a regular traditional brick and mortar school. Right. And I think that's something that people just do not realize about the whole thing. Yeah, mm -hmm. totally. Definitely. There's so much accountability. Um, we have to do the same testing. Um, we have basically the same, yeah, accountability that a regular school has and even more so because we have to almost prove ourselves that we are a good option for our families. Right. So how did you yourself get started in the charter school world? I grew up in Boston, and then I went to school in Vermont, which is where I met my husband. And I got my teaching credential in Vermont, where I was a high school English teacher. When we got uh, married we decided to relocate to California where he's from. And his sister had been working for one of these public charter schools uh, called Visions, which is a big giant um, school in the area, mm -hmm. in the Sacramento area, they're great. Um, and she told me a little bit about it and said, hey, this is a really good gig you know, when you have kids or when you, um, if you want some flexibility and also if you wanna support the homeschooling and families that educate at home. 
So uh, I was really intrigued. I applied at Visions and at the same time, there was a brand new charter school opening up, which was South Sutter Charter School. And I applied there too and got the job at South Sutter. And I also got the job at Visions, but I decided to go with South Sutter because it was new and I could kind of be in on the ground floor. And uh, I'm really glad I made that decision. So regarding all the information that you have about charters and your background in it, how would you say that these personalized learning public charter schools have changed over time? Yeah, that's a great question. The person that started our uh, charters, his name is Randy Gashler. And the charter school kind of movement in California started around in the early 90s. Um, And back then it was kind of the wild, wild west. (laughs) Um, There wasn't a lot of charter schools. In fact, I think Randy had the number 12 charter school in the state. Um, They just gave uh, a lot of freedom to these schools to kind of do what they wanted to. Uh, within reason, of course. But uh, over time, uh, district schools and, of course, the uh, teachers unions have seen how charter schools have taken school um, students from the district schools, and that's, you know, funding as well. So because they serve the families better, in my opinion. Um, And so they have instituted a lot more regulation, a lot more, um, I like to say it's kind of like death by a thousand cuts, right? (laughs) Um, They just keep, you know, tightening the reins a bit. And to a certain extent, some of that is important, right? Mm -hmm. Like we want to make sure kids are learning and not just out there, um, not doing anything. So, um, we we're in a we're in a box as a public school, but it's a very very big box. Right, with and lots I, of room. That's definitely something that people should keep in mind with something like a charter school, a personalized learning public charter school. Is it is a way to homeschool your children, obviously at home, but it is also a public school. Exactly. Yeah. So we have to there. We have to report to our district about our um, testing scores, how our kids are performing. Um, And as we all know, test scores are um, critical for public schools, whether whether we like it or not. Right. So um, that accountability is is important. Um, But, you know, we have a options here in California, which is amazing. Yeah. And that's something it's it's interesting because you wouldn't necessarily guess that California has options like this for homeschooling. I mean, it's common in the Midwest. There are some states that have hardly any homeschool regulation. And so I think it's great. This homeschool charter type option for people just allows them to have a little bit more flexibility. Yes. Flexibility. And also we have a lot of families that are just a lot of parents that are deer in the headlights like I have no idea what I'm doing exactly (laughs) and so having access to a teacher to be like this is what a fourth grader should know or this is how a high school essay looks like and how you would grade it um it that's important for a lot of people Mm -hmm. yeah I agree so I started out homeschooling through this charter school and I I mean, I was, like you said, a deer in the headlights, had no idea where to even start. So I think Mm -hmm. it's an amazing 
resource for people who are brand new to homeschooling, who have all these questions, because you do have the ear of a teacher to to just like bounce ideas off of or get ideas or inspiration from. So I love that. How, as, just from your own personal experience, have you enjoyed that aspect of it, working with new homeschoolers to kind of get through any nerves? Oh, absolutely. That is like my biggest joy really is to help families kind of discover how their kids learn best mm-hmm. and help them like, Hey, your kid can't sit still. This is an amazing curriculum to teach him <laughs> math or your kid is super bright. Did you know you could do X, Y, and Z and they could take college classes. Mm-hmm. And so I love opening doors for families, which means opening that many more doors for kids. Um, so I love serving the kids through their families and helping them. That's really awesome. Yeah. And everything that we're pouring into the kids is going to be fruitful. I mean, even now, but in time. So I think it's really important work and yeah, just super interesting. I had a question about charters. I only have experience with one charter, but are all homeschool charters the same or if they're different, how do they differ from each other? Yeah, super great question. Uh, They are not all the same. Um, They're, of course, sponsored by different districts, which require different things sometimes. Mm -hmm. Some districts are more concerned about test scores. Some aren't. Some are giant. Some are small. Um, Our charter school, uh, which is under the IEM Innovative education management umbrella. We have three schools. Uh, We are focused mainly on parent choice. So we will allow the maximum choice for parents under the public school law, right? The law that we have to follow. Mm -hmm. We try not to put unnecessary requirements on parents um, to make our jobs easier, but the state does require us to do certain things. So And then you have some charters that are, um, you know, they might say, okay, you have some choice in how you can educate your kids, but the choices are A, B, and C. Our choices are like A through Z, then one through infinity, right? (laughs) So, but sometimes that choice can be paralyzing almost for a lot of families. So really it's just kind of what you need to help your kids, how, how much support and um, how much choice you want or need. Right. So I guess speaking on that whole subject, do you have any advice for parents as far as like what they should be looking for in a charter? If they're kind of shopping around, which like what kind of questions they should ask or what kind of wording on the school's website should they look out for just to make sure it's a good fit? Do you have any advice on that? Yeah, that's that's a really important thing to definitely do your due diligence when looking at different schools. You want to make sure that a school, especially for high school, is WASC accredited. Another thing you want to look for is if it is maybe uh, you have a, a student athlete. You might want to consider if your uh, charter school is um, NCAA, which, what's the word? NCAA compliant. Okay. Yeah. Approved compliant. Yeah. Interesting. Um, yeah. Because if you're not and you have a, an athlete that is, you know, planning on a division one scholarship, you, you want to make sure you are at a school that has that. Um, what else do you want to look for? You know, there are a lot of, uh, accountability things that, uh, 
charter school like ours, like South Sutter um, does for families, we have monthly meetings, we need to collect work samples, mm -hmm. we give attendance. Um, for high school, it, it can feel very uh, restrictive in some ways, especially if you've been homeschooling for a while, but that accountability is very important for a public school. So um, if you're at a school that like you never meet with your teacher or talk to your teacher or have to submit things, yeah, that's great uh, for you, but <laughs> um, why would you you know, it, it could be very bad for the school if they're not doing certain minimum requirements. Right. So there's some great Facebook groups where you could jump in and be like, hey, you know, anyone have experience with these different charters? Moms that are in charter schools are the best people to ask. Right. I agree with that. What are some, from your experience, what are some programs and resources that charters typically offer to families? Yes. Um, the reasons that ch people would choose a charter, I would say the biggest reason really is to be able to use instructional funding. Mm -hmm. So the great thing about our charter school and charter schools like us is we allot a certain percentage of funding that we get from the state to the parents to be able to choose curriculum, classes, um, anything educational that supports uh, their teaching and learning. So I would say funding is the biggest reason why someone would choose a charter school over uh, homeschooling independently. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, for my own family, there's no way I would be able to afford piano lessons for everyone or right. these classes or these field trips, right? So I think that's a very big reason. The other reason, like we talked about, is families that would like that accountability. Like, I want to know my kids performing on grade level, mm -hmm. or I want to have access to some intervention programs if they're behind, or I want to have, maybe you have a special ed student and you will be able to have access to all of the tools and supports that a special ed department offers. So those are some of the biggest reasons why I think people would choose a charter over homeschooling independently. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So on the flip side, what, in your opinion, are reasons that someone may not want to enroll in a charter and just homeschool independently? Yeah, we have this amazing option here in California, like a, across the country in many states, of um, what we call, a, it's called a private school affidavit. So if you decide to homeschool on your own, you fill out basically a very simple form that says you're your own private school. We are Anderson Academy. <laughs> and we, um, there's very little oversight. You have to, I believe, take attendance mm -hmm. and, you know, keep track of who, is teaching who's the principal aka mom right um and then you are free to do and learn whatever really your heart's desire right um that you you have you know accountability um no one really checks up on you and what you're learning um no one you don't have to follow any standards uh, you don't really even have to follow any course of study. Mm -hmm. 
Um, so I think the benefits of that are absolute freedom, which is very important to a lot of people. Um, one of the requirements for being in a charter school like ours is students have to complete the state mandated testing. And for many families, uh, they don't believe that standardized testing is a good measurement of their kids' learning or abilities, which um, a lot of times it isn't. It's really just a great snapshot and, and a tool, right? right. But some families uh, don't agree with standardized testing. So when you're doing your own private school, you can decide whether um, what, whatever you want to learn, mm -hmm. right? So... I would say the biggest reason people homeschool independently, at least in California, is for that freedom. And um, that just um, unaccountability in, in the good way. Yeah, right? it, it sounds negative, but it's not. It's it's just the freedom to, it's to the do freedom. things at their pace. Yeah. Yes, mm -hmm. yes. And not be bound by certain standards and grade levels, um, just supporting stu student learning and student-led learning even. So speaking to choices, so if a family were to go with a charter, are they, are the families able to choose their own things such as method or curriculum that they want to use? It, it depends on the charter. Mm -hmm. I can speak uh, very well to our charter school, South Sutter, uh, that we will allow families to teach in whatever ways their kids will learn. We support all educational philosophies from classical to Montessori to Waldorf to delayed academics to unschooling. Um, and as a teacher that serves students in our school, I need to know and be familiar with all of those philosophies mm -hmm. so that I can support my families in the best way uh, that they need me to. Um, so we at South Sutter support any ed philosophies, as long as you're doing it to uh, fidelity, right? Unschooling is beautiful if you're doing it to fidelity. Mm -hmm. When you're not, if you're just not schooling, <laughs> Yeah, that's a different, that's a different story. Yeah, exactly. You right? must have you must have so much information swimming around in your head about all these different method homeschool methods because there are so many out there and they're all so specific that you must just have so much information in your head that's like just bursting to come out. Well, it's it's fun. I love it, um, and I do have a lot of information, you know. But like what you learn about and read about is one thing. And then when you have to serve a family that's actually doing it, it, it's a whole different thing. And that's really where you learn a lot, just like a teacher in a classroom, right? You right. go to school and learn how to teach in a classroom, but you don't really learn it until you're doing it. Right. Right. And, and I mean, we're, we're speaking about methods right now, but also, I mean, all the curriculum that you've probably mm -hmm. even perused through or have experience with, like, helping a family integrate into their homeschool. That also yeah. must be just <laughs> like taking up all your memory in your head. <laughs> yes, it's it's mind boggling. And it seems there seems to be just so much more year after year. Right. Um, I was going to ask you about this, actually, because I mean, mm -hmm. there's an explosion of curriculum out there right now, and parents have a really hard time choosing. Even if you're, you even if you're super faithful to a certain homeschool method, there are so many curriculums for every method at this point. I feel like. Um, 
So I guess I don't know really what my question is here, but I mean, what do you think about that? Is it a good thing or a bad thing that there is this like infinite amount of choice out there? Yeah, that can, it can get very, it can get very overwhelming, which especially if you're new, um, once you start diving in and doing research, it's, it's almost like you get paralyzed, like, Mm -hmm. oh my gosh, there's so much so many good things. And so that's why I find it very helpful to have, you know, the captain of your ship as your teacher, right? Like, oh, these three curriculum I've seen work very well with a family just like yours, right? So Mm -hmm. three, choosing from three as opposed to a thousand is way easier. Um, So that's, that's a benefit. The other thing, you know, it, it's just sometimes trying to do your own research and figure things out on your own, it's an enormous amount of time um, and can be very inefficient when you have to do it by yourself. Um, So you'd rather spend that time teaching your kids, right? right? Instead of spending hours and hours and like finding things and making up your own lessons. And um, so that's another reason. And then the other thing is, like me, and this is, you know, true confessions here. I am a curriculum junkie and I find something and I, you know, I'm like, oh, let's do this kids. And we start it, we do it for a month. And then I find something else. I'm like, oh no, no, no. Okay. Let's put that aside. Let's do this now. Oh no, no, no. Let's, I found this and this, and you're just so excited to try all these things that can be really detrimental for kids learning, right? I found that I did that a lot with math Mm -hmm. and I listened a lot. My kids would be like, this is boring. So I would try and find something that's exciting, right? And then at the end of the year, I found there was a lot of gaps, right? Because we'd start and stop and start and stop and we'd miss a lot of important concepts. So I would recommend if you're using a curriculum to really kind of just commit to it. Yeah. <laughs> I need to take my own advice here. <laughs> I Well, it's... yes, that can really be like the hardest part is there are so many great curriculums and I'm, I'm the same in the same boat, Shauna. Mm-hmm. It's there are mm-hmm. so, especially um, helping other families and seeing what other families are using and how much fun it is. You know, you wanted to switch and jump around, but yeah, you make such a good point. You just have to kind of pick something and kind of stick with it. And, you know, if it's not broke, don't fix it. Yeah, Stacey and I've had this conversation before because we've both used the same math curriculum for all of our kids since the beginning. And we're like, is it possible for us all to like this? Like, it can't possibly be that perfect. Mm." Like, it's almost (laughs) like the grass is almost greener on the other side. Should we just start, like, researching other math curriculums? But... I, I mean, like you said, there's no time to do that. And also, it'll probably just end up in delays in, you know, getting through the lessons correctly. So it's it's just like a thing we constantly have to talk ourselves out of as homeschoolers. Yeah. And mm-hmm. another, another point to that is, like, I find curriculum that I'm like, oh, I would have loved this as a kid. And I give it to my kids and they're like, this sucks, <laughs> you know? So you have to, you have to find, like, and, and then the things that they like, I'm like, oh my gosh, like this is like the most boring workbook ever, but they love it and they do it and they do well in it. So mm-hmm. you have to, you really have to find what works for your kids as right. opposed to what works for you. <laughs> and it's, it's also hard, like you were saying, like sometimes kids are like, oh, this is boring and they're complaining about it, but it's like, well, you got to do it anyway. You know, there comes yeah. that point where you're kind of like, <laughs> you got to do it. <laughs> yes, Exactly. 
Well, I have another question about charters because there's just a lot of misinformation or just, I don't know, just a lot of stuff out there. And a lot of people want to get into charters right now and it's hard to do so. And it's kind of muddy. So why do you think um, personalized learning public charter schools are so hard to get into right now? Uh, Yes, this is very frustrating. Um, So what happened this year with the pandemic, right? There's a, you know, distance learning, everyone's distance learning. Mm -hmm. And um, many families were like, well, you know, if we're going to be home, we might as well just try and homeschool, right? So we had a wave of people apply uh, to schools like ours. And that is, that was not normal. We usually have you know, quite a few people applying, but this was an incredibly bizarre year. It still is. Right. Um, So we had that here in California, across the world, actually. Um, But specifically in California, we have a governor that is not only just doesn't like charter schools, he's kind of openly anti-charter, right? We've had a lot of governors who are like, well, I don't really like charters, but we'll just kind of let them do what they're doing. This governor is very, in my opinion, kind of um, anti-charter, and that has a lot to do with the support he gets from teachers unions. Um, So they've made a lot of laws uh, to restrict us, like we talked about in the beginning. But one of the things that they did this year in particular, when the kids went into distance learning at the end of last year, around this time, March 2020, was uh, they held schools harmless uh, for attendance. Attendance is how we as public schools get our funding from the state. So they held schools harmless and said, okay, whatever your uh, attendance for your students is on this date, you'll get this for the rest of the year, regardless of whether your kids are absent or learning. And they did that for our type of school as well. What happened then in the new school year was they said that um, we're going to hold harmless for these traditional schools, but the other schools like us are not going to get any funding for any new students that we've enrolled. Mm-hmm. So brick and mortar schools lost a lot of students uh, to charters like ours, and they are continuing to get funding for those students, whereas we absorbed those students and are not getting funding for them. So, um, and, and as a public charter school, we have to enroll students um, if we can, if we have spots. So we can't deny enrollment to anybody. So we took on, well, we think we hired 25 new teachers. Wow. We took on 500 students and the cost to us was in the millions of dollars to support those students and teachers. Um, hopefully with the budget coming out in the end of this summer, things will go back to quote unquote normal with funding where the funding follows the student to whatever school they go to, which is what it should do. Exactly. Um, So yeah, this is, this was just another one of those big giant cuts, right. To like I was saying death by a thousand cuts. This was a giant one where they are just 
penalizing us when really our type of school, our personalized learning, public charter schools, we never shut down. Our right. kids were learning all along. Right. Uh, we were the ones that, you know, they actually are coming to us asking us, hey, uh, how do you get your kids to learn at home? You know, so they're coming to us for advice, right? Mm-hmm. And still penalizing us. That so, whole situation was just so heartbreaking because uh, I remember at the beginning of COVID, there were a lot of people just really struggling with the whole distance learning thing. And this is, we're speaking specifically about California. So if there are yeah. any listeners anywhere else, um, it was probably similar in your situation, but um, specifically in California, everyone was doing distance learning or remote learning and parents and kids were struggling so much with it. And they still are even now, uh, a lot yeah. of them are. And I just wanted to like, I, I just wanted to like tell everyone, hey, you can homeschool through a charter. But then that whole path was kind of cut off. Um, yeah. So it's it's it was very upsetting to see. Oh, it's heartbreaking. We, mm-hmm. we had over a thousand kids uh, wanting to get into our school and um, like how awesome, like, oh, it would have been so fantastic yeah. to be able to serve all those kids. But oh, yeah, we just definitely. had to cut off enrollment, which was such a bummer. Yeah, I know. So speaking of, I, I kind of just briefly talked about this and you kind of mentioned something earlier too. Do you happen to know off the top of your head, which other places in the United States offer public charter schools? Oh, um, not many. Okay. That's what um, I was thinking. I, yeah. That's unfortunate. I think there might be like one or two states where it's something like ours, but the fact that we, well, you know, South Sutter gives families like 2500 to $3,000 a year. Um, there's no place in the country that does that. Right. Um, they might give families, you know, a few hundred dollars to spend, but nothing like that exists that I know of. If if there is one, I would love to learn about it. Right. Um, and even if it's, I mean, even if like less, uh, slightly less funding, it doesn't even have to be that full amount, but just let it be an option for people yeah. uh, would be just really, really nice. And I'm always surprised at, because we talk about charters. Um, Stacy and I pay attention a lot to the homeschool community kind of on a national level at this point. Mm-hmm. And it's just so interesting that no one really talks about charters except in California. So it would be great if it was a wider spread solution. Yeah. And what's happening now, I don't know if you're watching um, what's happening politically, is that there's a very big, exciting movement that is making its way through a lot of state legislatures about um, having the funding go to students instead of schools. Mm-hmm. So um, as a family, right, you may say it's $10,000 a student per year that a school would get, right? That $10,000 would be in charge, of, the family would be in charge of it. So they could decide, well, yes, we want to go to our local public school. Or they could say, no, we'd like to go to this private Waldorf school, or they might say, no, you know, we're, we want to homeschool and use that money for classes and books and buy it on our own. So, uh, I mean, when you think about how other systems work, it's, it would be amazing if, if this, this um, funding following the students um, or get being in um, funding being given to families so that they can decide, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that helps students that live in areas that don't have great public schools right. or um, 
And in my opinion, really, when you have a lot of competition in anything, the competition makes everyone better. Right. The brick and mortar public schools right now have no competition. They have an absolute monopoly. Um, and they have no incentive really for getting better, doing innovative things. Um, the incentive, I mean, they do. They Their incentive is right to teach kids. But, you know, that teacher that's been there for 30 years and doing the same thing and using the same like overhead projector <laughs> because there's no incentive for her to learn any technology or right. Right. Uh, and I'm generalizing and stereotyping, which I shouldn't. But, but no, but this is a common thing that we hear about. And I mean, Stacy and I, we recorded another episode, which was basically an introduction to us and who we are and why we homeschool. And we also went into our educational background. And so we, you know, in the 90s, were experiencing these same issues that are still a problem in public schools and were even before we were in public school. So mm-hmm. um, I completely agree with you that there is a lack of innovation. And, you know, I don't think that's necessarily a good thing that they're not able to kind of change and grow and improve. Right. As there's a lot of bureaucracy mm-hmm. um, whenever you have, you know, systems run by the government. Um, and, you know, that some systems are great and I'm not knocking it. And public schools are an amazing um an amazing resource for many families. Mm -hmm. And I think they work for a lot of kids. So I'm not knocking public schools. I'm not knocking teachers, but kids learn in so many different ways. And the majority Mm -hmm. of kids do not learn best sitting in a classroom for eight hours. I'm sorry. Right. And it, it's also, you know, definitely not a knock on like the individual teachers. What I find as well, there are so many teachers that teach at a brick and mortar that are trying to be innovative and are trying like their hardest. Right. Um, I think kind of what we're talking about is just the upper levels of the, like you mentioned, Shauna, the bureaucracy of everything. Um, yeah. So if you are a teacher and you're working hard, we to- we definitely see you and we know you're out there. Oh, these teachers that are doing the distance learning. Oh, yeah. Good grief. My heart is with them. They are doing amazing with what they have. So, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, that but again, like you're in that box, right? We can you can only do so much within that box. And the other thing about public schools is our world has changed even since the 90s. I remember my, uh, you know, math class in, what was it, fourth grade, Sister Noel saying, you're never going to have a calculator in your hand, so you better learn your math facts. Well, I would love to wave my phone in her face right now (laughs) because we have access to the entire world at our fingertips, Mm -hmm. right? So Mm -hmm. memorizing the facts um, so that we could pass the test is just not a good use of anyone's time, right? We should be teaching kids to think critically, to collaborate, to solve problems. So I think that that type of education, our education world really has to shift and it's very ripe for disruption, which this whole pandemic has been a giant blessing because um, it's shifted what what we see education as. And many parents are like, wow, is, is that all you're doing in school? Wow. (laughs) That's, you know, that's Mm -hmm. depressing. Right. So they're seeing what happens. Um, so I think it's in a way, it's been a very good thing that this happened 
and people's eyes have been open. Yeah, because I think there are some people who have homeschooled even independently, uh, just out of necessity, kind of because distance learning wasn't working. And then they realized, oh, this is great. I can get so much done uh, in such a shorter amount of time than my kids, you know, being in public school all day. So I think I think I agree with you. I think at first it was probably really hard for a lot of people. And I think now people are figuring it out. So maybe for the 2021 2022 school year, things will be um, very smooth. Yeah, very interesting is we thought we would absorb all of these kids who are like, you know, distance learning. And then once schools opened up, they would just go back, you know, so we expected kind of a mass exodus, right, when schools open. But what we found is many people are staying mm-hmm. and, and enjoying what they're doing, just like you said. So That's amazing and very, very interesting because this is something that Stacy and I have been thinking about a lot is, is homeschooling still going to be a big thing this upcoming year? And I anticipate that it probably will. Yeah, it's the... Uh, the trend for homeschooling across the United States is trending upwards. But, you know, I think the the main, the problems that we still have to face really is making things accessible to people. You know, like I'm sure there's a single mom with a bunch of kids that would love to homeschool, but has to work three jobs to support everybody, yes. right? So that accessibility of homeschooling um that's a that's a problem that I'm uh, interested in solving and working on, and and then also the other problem that I I'm trying to work on solving is making it sustainable for families. Mm-hmm. Like I know I've hit a wall and been like, "Hi, hey, you're all going to school," you know, <laughs> I can't take it anymore. But you know, it's it's hard. Right. Well, speaking of accessibility. Would you mind telling us just a little bit more about your website, U-School? Yeah. So like I said, these problems are on my heart and on my mind of of trying to help families gain access and um, to opportunities and make things simple and sustainable. What I love about my job at South Sutter is supporting families, encouraging them, helping them, coaching them. So I got involved with a company. Um, it was called Unschool.School. It started before the pandemic. Um, and then we shifted a bit after the pandemic, kind of rebranded a bit. We're now called uschool.com. And what we are is a platform where people can list classes as educators and find classes as parents or um, as learners. And we want to connect them. We want uh, to make that a simple process for people. And we're also trying to connect these educators and learners with um, underutilized space in our communities, right? So another problem is finding space to teach a class. You'd love Mm -hmm. to teach a class, but you just, I don't have the space for it, right? So, and now there's plenty of office spaces that are sitting unused, right? That Mm -hmm. could be uh, used by kids. And then you know, there's a lot of underutilized uh, brain knowledge in our community, right? My dad, for example, was a computer programmer in his uh, working years, and he's sitting at home now watching TV, but he has this knowledge in his head. He's not an educator, but you know there's a homeschool kid that would love to learn COBOL out there somewhere, <laughs> right? Yeah. So tapping into that, um, or just like like you, Stacy, like you, Jenny, you have this 
incredible knowledge of teaching kids, right? And you might be able to teach a class on math to a mom that's like, I have no idea what I'm doing, right? <laughs> yeah. So these yeah. moms, or even these moms that have given up their careers so that they can homeschool their children are now, you know, sitting at home, like, what, what can I do? I have this 18 year gap on my resume, but I have all of this knowledge that I could put to use. So giving people like that a space um, to find um, opportunities and make a little money or give back to their communities. And then also as a company, we really want to um, provide that support and encouragement that is so crucial to especially new homeschool families. So we offer lots of coaching and um, just advice and support. So that's another area that we are working on as well. It sounds really, really interesting. And I didn't know about any of this prior to speaking <laughs> with you. So I am really excited to go on that website. I think it would be a really great resource for any sort of homeschooler, whether you're experienced or not. Uh, so I'm definitely, we'll make sure to put a link to uschool.com in yeah. the show notes. That's great. Yeah, it's you, the letter U, school, one word, dot com. So kind of like we came up with, uh, you know, like U-Haul, right? <laughs> U-Haul your own stuff. So you putting, building your own school is really, or building your own learning really is the best thing for you because everyone's so different. So perfect. Yeah. Well, while we wind down on the subject of public charter schools, what is some advice that you would give to someone who's kind of struggling with uh, the decision whether they should go with a public charter school or homeschool independently? Yes, this is a, um, a question that many families wrestle with, right? Um, if you're brand new, I would really recommend going with a charter school. Um, or if you're coming from a traditional um, space in education, going with a charter is going to be a great bridge for you if you decide to homeschool independently. Um, you'll have the oversight, the help, the support, the knowledge base that you might not have just yet and funding, right? That's a big part of it. If you mm -hmm. are like us, where you have a gaggle of kids and not a lot of money to do the things that you would love to do, um, this, that's a great option. If you are mindful or if you, you know, very concerned about oversight, really want the freedom to do things your own way, then homeschooling independently is really for you. If you're against standardized testing, if you don't want to follow standards, if you don't really care where your kid is performing at and just, you know, wanting him to learn freely, then a private school uh, affidavit in California is the best way to go. So funding, freedom, um, oversight, mm -hmm. um, you know, those are some things to think about. Yeah, it definitely comes down to funding and then how much freedom. So I, I like that you broke it down that way. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, on to the most, I don't know, exciting part of our podcast. Um, we have a recurring segment called Recommendation of the Week. So Shauna, do you have a special recommendation of the week for our audience? Okay, um, let's see. So one thing that I think a lot of people have um, explored is outschool.com. 
out school mm-hmm. classes are so fun. I, they are virtual, uh, but you know they have amazing classes that are like um, my my son learning mammals, learning about mammals through Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> he, he had such a great time. So they have these really super fun, often enrichment type classes, but they do have uh, core classes. So if you're thinking about homeschooling independently. Or with a charter, I know um, I know South Sutter uh, uh, pays for out school classes, which is awesome. But that is a way to, um, I guess, farm out the classes that you don't want to teach, uh, right? Right. So that would be my recommendation. I love that recommendation actually because um, something that I think people might be concerned about, especially if they're homeschooling independently, is the price. But from what I've seen on out school, it is super affordable to do those classes. Yeah, very affordable. Um, great. They have, uh, they have grown so much mm-hmm. and I'm hoping like, I'm hoping youschool.com will be the, the out school for in-person opportunities. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes. Um, but they have, they do an amazing job. Out school is a great resource for any family. Even if you're in a, in a public brick and mortar uh, school, you can do those classes for fun too. All right, Shauna. Well, thank you so much for all of this information. You've just been a wealth of knowledge as far as public charter schools go. So we really appreciate you taking the time to be here with us. So happy to join you, Jenny and Stacy. I love what you're doing with Kids Learning for Life, too. It's awesome. It's such a great resource for families. So thank you. Thank you again to Shauna Anderson for all that wonderful and very detailed information on how charter schools work and you know whether it's a the right option for you and your family be sure to check out her website uschool.com which we have linked in the show notes below see you next time see you next time (laughs) i think my next one's better see you next time see you next time see you next time